Hey everybody, it's James Kotecki. And before we start today's show, a quick word for women and diverse founders who are looking for investment in their business. Women and diverse founders do not attract the same level of venture funding as other founders. And that's why the Consumer Technology Association, which owns and produces CES and this very podcast, is investing up to $10 million into venture firms and funds that support underrepresented founders, women-led startups, and diverse leadership teams. So if you are a venture fund or firm seeking new investment, you can complete an application at cta.tech slash fund. This is CES Tech Talk. I'm James Kotecki. CES 2024 is January 9th through 12th in Las Vegas, and it's time to build the hype. So let's get excited for the world's most influential tech event. And speaking of excitement, do you want to see the Earth from space, like for real? Sure, we all do, but how? Well, how about getting a ride from a space balloon? You may remember last season on this podcast, we talked about this company, Space Perspective. So imagine a pressurized capsule for eight people propelled by a space balloon. It's designed to take people to the edge of space for what will presumably be the greatest six hours of their lives. And I'm super excited now to talk to the founder and CEO of Space Perspective, Jane Pointer, along with Kirby Harris, who is the founder and managing partner of Base Ventures and was Space Perspective's very first investor. Welcome to you both. Hey there. Great to be here. Hey, Jane. Hey, James. Thanks for having us. Really, really been looking forward to this conversation. And of course, we want to get into it with you, Jane, exactly about how this is going to work, what this is going to look like, what this thing is. But Kirby, I want to start with you because there are there are plenty of wildly ambitious ideas out there. You actually invested in this, though. So why did you decide to put money behind this particular concept? Yeah, look, that's a great question. Like you said, we get a ton of wild and crazy ideas that uh, have the potential uh, for us to fund, but there are very few people who are who are uniquely qualified to make those things happen. And Jane and the team Tabor and the uh, Space Perspective team have a uh, twenty plus year uh, background in building space companies, uh, starting uh, when they started uh, Paragon Space Systems, and on and on, and, and Worldview, which we funded as well. So um, when Jane and Tabor came into our office with the idea of giving this view to the world, uh, we thought that one, it was something that's important um, given uh, Jane's background as part of the Biosphere 2 project and how that changed her uh, view of the world, given that same space perspective to um, a larger audience, all made making this investment important for us um, and doable. And then if you look at the numbers, you see that Jeff Bezos is spending a billion dollars a year putting for space tourism. You see Virgin Galactic valuation is a multi-billion dollar valuation. SpaceX is rumored to be valued at more than a hundred billion dollars. So there's also value and money to be made in the space. So between the team, the market, and the experience in making humanity or a better human experience, <laughs> uh, between all those things, it all brought uh, made it super exciting for us to make this investment in the team. So Jane, let's just get into the basics here. What does this thing look like and how far along are we in terms of it 
becoming a reality to actually take people up. Can you just give us the basic elevator pitch here, especially for folks who are only listening? We'll hopefully put some visuals on the screen for people who can watch this video version, but what is Space Perspective? What are you doing? Yeah, so we're actually completely redefining space travel for people so that it's really accessible, it's safe, it's also carbon neutral. And the way we do that is, as you said in your intro, we use a space balloon. So in the picture behind me, uh, that's a rendering. It's really hard to take that picture in space. Uh, so there's a space balloon that when it's fully inflated uh, at altitude, it is the size of a small football stadium. Wow. And then underneath that, you can just see underneath that, that little tiny capsule, it looks like there. It's actually not little tiny. It is quite big. It seats eight people and a captain. It's 16 feet in diameter. It's this beautiful round capsule with giant windows. It has wind the largest windows that uh, will have ever flown to space. I actually made Kirby a promise that, because he is quite tall. So I told Kirby that when he goes in Spaceship Neptune, as we call the capsule, he will be able to stand in these windows without ducking. I think we're there. We haven't tested it yet, but I think we're there, Kirby. And then on the bottom, there is a splash cone because we splash in the water. So it's this beautiful, uh, it's actually really gorgeously designed. But yeah. from an experience point of view, what's so critical for the people that, that fly on this, it is completely different from how people generally imagine spaceflight, right? You normally imagine it as rockets, high Gs, spacesuits, lots of training, none of that. None of that at all. You are just very gently going to space at 12 miles an hour. So you're going to at cycling speed to space. And then on the inside of the capsule, we wanted to completely reimagine that experience for people. So it's a space lounge. You know, we normally think of a capsule as sort of white utilitarian people all kind of jammed in there. No, 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 no. Let's go to space in style. So we're, we have a space lounge. So it has a bar, it has a loo, which we call a spa. You know, it's, it's just wow. this really beautiful <laughs> environment for people to be super welcoming as they are looking out over our planet, having a similar view to what's in the picture behind me and just really having that transformational experience of seeing our planet from that vantage point. A couple more questions immediately popped to mind. I'm sure, first of all, when you introduce this concept to people, I'm sure they have a million questions for you. But yes. a, few that, a few that immediately popped to mind. Is this balloon tethered to anything? How is it being uh, controlled? So it is only tethered to the capsule. So it's buoyancy, right? So it is filled with a gas that's lighter than air. So it literally mm -hmm. just floats up and it sits on top of the atmosphere. So think of it somewhat like an ice cube floating on the top of your glass of water. It literally just sits there. So it takes two hours to get up there. Then you're up there for a couple of hours, having a cocktail, looking out the window, having this amazing experience, and then about two hours to come back down. Okay. And so when the, when the captain is controlling it, on the way down, and I'm not a balloonist, you know, even uh, in terrestrial settings, so I'm not really sure how this works. It, do, does the captain have control over where it lands? Are you at the mercy of, I don't know if that far up wind is a factor anymore, but certainly when you're coming up and down at some point, weather is a factor. How do they control kind of where it lands and how it lands? So 
Yeah, exactly. So what's actually critically important is to know where it's going to land, right? So you have to know with great precision where it's going to be at the end of that flight. Uh, so we actually launch from a ship and then we splash in the ocean because that is super safe. You're now flying over the ocean. You, we, we, prior to the flight, you know, there, there's been so much incredible work done over the last 10 years on weather models that we have an extremely good weather model for about 12 hours now. We also fly our own weather balloons, so we get this really uh, extensive look at what's happening with the weather all the way up through, uh, through much beyond the altitude that we fly to and through the period of time that, that we're flying. And then we have a really extensive algorithm uh, that takes all of that, takes all the physics of the balloon and the flight and actually does do pinpoint accuracy on where it's, uh, where it's going to splash. And then we have yeah. the ship right there with a big old crane on it, picks the capsule up, puts it on the deck, and then everybody disembarks on the deck. So it's also super mm -hmm. easy for everybody. A couple more basic questions, then I want to get back to you, Kirby. Um, and I'm sure I'll have more uh, of these Dave, kinds of questions. Way more but... interesting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, um, so... Tell us the basics of uh, where will people take off? When will the first people actually take off in this thing? And, of course, everyone, I'm sure, wants to know, how much is this going to cost? Yes, yeah, so our first flights are going to go from the Florida area. So, actually, I'm speaking to you from right adjacent to Kennedy Space Center on the Space Coast in Florida. So, we're on the East Coast at Cape Canaveral. Uh, so we'll be flying all around here in the Bahamas, down by the Keys. So you'll get that incredible view of looking down on Florida, which you know most Americans, I think, would truly recognize. And it's interesting when you talk to astronauts about you know what's what's really moving. Of course, seeing our planet in the context of space is is just unbelievable for people, and it's like this massive boing aha moment. But then yeah. seeing something you recognize is also super important. So we're starting here in Florida, and then we will eventually be going elsewhere around the planet. And our first flights are still on track for around the end of 2024. People wow. can uh, buy their tickets now. They can just go to our website, spaceperspective.com, and buy your ticket to space right online, which is super awesomely cool. <laughs> uh, and right now, the, the ticket price is $125,000 a seat, and you just need to put down a deposit. So it depends when you want to fly, anywhere from 1000 to to 60000 depends on when you want to fly. But the ticket price is, is still the same. And, and how many tickets have you booked so far? 1600 wow so these flights are going to be happening quite frequently to meet that demand oh yeah oh look let me tell you there is so much demand for this i mean we, we, i mean hardly anybody knows about us yet right and we've already mm -hmm. sold that that many tickets so the demand is huge and you know this this market is just so vibrant that it is going to be supply side constrained for many years to come, which is, is a great yeah. position for us and for our investors. Yes. Um, so great transition. So back to you, Kirby, as an investor, as you've watched this company grow and try to bring this dream to fruition, what has stood out to you, surprised you? What have you learned by watching this particular team? They've been innovative. This is a, you know, this is a super exciting time to be in this space and to see how much attention has been paid to the space journey over this last since we made that first investment we had some 
some great milestones around space tourism. So how much space has become part of the forefront of, of our conversation today, that's been really exciting and, and really something that uh, it gives us a lot of uh, hope and this inspiration for, for what Jane and the Space Perspective team is going to bring to uh, bring to fruit. Mm-hmm. And Kirby, are you on one of those early flights? Do you have your ticket booked? Uh, I, you know what? I actually I bought my mother. My mother uh, retired recently, and I bought her a ticket. So mm-hmm. my ticket is for her. Um, oh, great! She so she will be on one of the early flights. Wow! Um, so that's incredibly soon. Um, the end of 2024. Are there, and I guess this is a question for both of you. So we talked about different kind of modalities of getting into space, different ways of thinking about space tourism. Um, is anyone else thinking about it in the same way that space perspective is? Do we expect to see competitive space balloons going up you know, across the world? So uh, I think the short answer is eventually there'll be somebody who figures this out. There are several websites out there, but you know, we are going really fast. We have, I mean, literally, I I, I know everybody says they have a great team. Seriously, we have an insane team, Uh, both on the the actual technical side, you know, our head of uh, composite manufacturing did that for SpaceX for many years. you know, the person that's doing all of our, our marine operations did, stood that up for SpaceX. The person who does our, our balloon manufacturing is literally the best person in the world at that. And then, you know, on our experience team side, which we call of our marketing and sales and all of that, um, you know, our COO ran Vice Media for 15 years, which I think everyone would agree is, is a truly iconic, iconic brand. So, you know, for us, it's not only do we have frankly, an incredible technology and an amazing team, and we're way ahead of anybody else. It's also about the brand. I mean, the, you know, with Hosey and his team, he's building an incredible brand, which I'm, I'm really, really excited about. And Kirby, as an investor, when you think about how to give advice to a portfolio company, especially something that, that is so novel here, how do you think about the way that you offer advice to a company trying to do something like this? How has that been? Yeah. So again, great question. We know how technically ex- uh, excellent that Jane and Tabor and the Space Perspective team is, and we couldn't hope to offer any advice in building the technical side of the business. Where we came in, where we know we can, or and I know where Jane uh, knew we can add value and, and offer advice is one, uh, shepherding, shepherding her through the venture capital landscape and our experience of as much experience she has in space and building these wonderful transformative space companies. We have the same amount of experience building um, in venture capital. So we're able to shepherd her through the venture capital experience. And then, again, uh, as technically sound as uh, the team is in space perspective, especially at the early team, um, um, they didn't have a lot of experience building luxury brands and we've invested in a bunch of luxury brands we've uh, we've helped founders build incredible brands so on the consumer side we were able to add a lot of our know-how about the consumer experience and what it means to build these incredible iconic brands uh, so and then you know there and then there's just you know being being that steadfast uh, uh, confidant that that we act as and we have conversations yes. 
yeah, it's just from this conversation, it doesn't seem like Jane lacks any confidence, but I imagine also just to be there as a person who's believing in this concept that other people might say oh. is crazy. Jane doesn't lack confidence, <laughs> but we don't, we, we don't lack confidence in Jane either. So yeah. as much confidence as she has, I think, in, in her ability and a great team that she's assembled, um, we have a similar degree of confidence in her and the team that, that she's building. Thank you, Kirby. So I, if I can just say, uh, James, that, you know, we, Tabor and I, I can speak for both Tabor and I, just say that we, I can't tell you how much we appreciated that, that Kirby and Eric and, and the team at Base Ventures stepped forward first. I also want to remind us when they stepped forward. They didn't just step forward where they, a check and there was piles of other money standing there. Okay, I'm, I'm just going to say it. They gave us a term sheet the day before the stock market dropped 20 percent. Mm. They could have pulled it and they didn't. It was incredible. So, you know, it was amazing trust that you guys had, Kirby. Uh, somehow we pulled it off. <laughs> uh, and here we are. And it was amazing. So uh, really from the depths of our from the core of our souls, we thank you for for really believing in us. Yeah, we got the call of are everything okay? You guys still gonna be? We're like, yeah, no problem. <laughs> that speaks volumes to the to the relationship and to the to the belief in this project. Uh, Kirby did mention luxury brands, and I want to go one level deeper on that luxury experience that people on board the capsule will be having. So, Jane, you mentioned people can be up there sipping cocktails. Are they going to feel the effects of lessened gravity at that altitude? Paint us a little bit more of a picture on what folks will be doing in the capsule other than just kind of standing slack-jawed and looking at the earth, which, which, may, which you know, if it was me, I'd probably be doing that the entire time. Yeah, so we actually uh, feel that we're quite fortunate that we don't have to deal with microgravity on this flight because it's actually quite uh, disorienting for some people. Mm -hmm. So as I like to joke, you don't have to have your champagne in a sippy cup. Mm -hmm. uh, so, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so the experience is really interesting. When we look at our customers, people want very different things and in very loosely cluster into two very different types of people. So on the sort of the one end of the spectrum, you have people that are going up to really have this incredibly meditative experience. It's going to be, you know, them literally bonding with the people up there with them mm -hmm. and the world outside the window. I mean, that's that's what they're there for. And that's what they're going to do. Uh, and then on the other end of the spectrum, we have people that are going up to celebrate in space, whatever that is wow. for them. Right, whether Weddings. that's, yes, exactly, it's a wedding, it's a birthday, it's a proposal, it's just, I'm yeah. going up with my buddies. So it's very different, and clearly the two must not mix, because that would not be good. Mm -hmm. uh, and so those are going to be quite different experiences for people. We can also customize the interior. So it is set up for eight people with a bar, and lots of information, and playlists, and uh, you know, it's going to be a telescope, you know, all of those, those ah, kinds of okay. things. And of course, the captain will curate it for people, but it can be completely customized inside as well. Will people be able to see the stars from there? Mm. In a, or, or is it the telescope is meant to look down at the Earth? No, I think it's both. So, mm. uh, yes, you can see stars now. It depends on kind of what's going on outside. But one of the things we want to do is have some flights get up 
to altitude pre-dawn, because then you don't have, let's call it what it is, the light pollution from the sun. Right. <laughs> so the sun is Darn polluting sun, the sky. Right. We all have light. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so in that scenario, when you're up there pre-dawn, I mean, it's just going to be mind-blowing, especially if there's no moon out. I mean, it's just going to be insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, so the, the telescope will, will definitely mm-hmm. be handy. And do you need any regulatory or legal uh, clearances, or are you, all, are you all set there? Especially if you're on track for the end of 2024, it would seem like most of that may be in hand at this point. But do you have to jump through any remaining hurdles on that front? Yeah, of course. So we're highly regulated. We're regulated by the FAA's Office of Commercial Trace, Space Transportation. So that would be the same as any other company that's flying people to space or you know, SpaceX, et cetera, right? Mm-hmm. So that it's a very well understood regulatory environment. Uh, and we've already started the process. We're able to do a lot of that with our uncrewed test flights that we're starting this summer. So you're gonna see a lot coming from us the remainder of this year as we really get into test flights. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those, those test flights are for really dialing in the experience uh, as well as really testing all of the backup uh, systems yeah. uh, for this vehicle. And that then really gets us most of the way through the FAA, who sort of comes along with us, giving us feedback and input. We'll work with them through that. Uh, and then we do uh, some human uh, crewed test flights uh, starting in around Q2 next year, leading up okay. then to our commercial flights. CES 2024 is in Q1 of 2024. Uh, so let's, based on where you are in the timeline, and are you are you prepared? Are you planning to do anything at, at CES? What can we expect? Are there is there going to be a booth? Um, what can we look forward to from you there? Ah, well, <laughs> of course we're going to do something. We actually were there this year uh, yeah. in 23. It was really exciting. We had we had uh, a really good presence there. So sure. Okay, great. Can you tell me? Can you can you give our listeners or our viewers any more, or do they just have to show up? And, oh no, you got to stay tuned because it's you okay. Know, it's, a, it's a secret at this point. <laughs> um, I, I imagine. <laughs> I imagine. The, I imagine. To, I'll just say, just my supposition, given the focus that you have on experience, I imagine that will definitely be an experience people will be talking about. Um, speaking of CES, I want to ask you, Kirby. So, Base Ventures is one of the funds that the Consumer Technology Association has invested in, in order to boost women and diverse founders. And the Consumer Technology Association, CTA, also produces CES, which also produces, uh, and also produces this podcast. CTA produces this podcast. So that's a roundabout way of asking you this question. Uh, People talk about the business value of diverse perspectives. And I'm curious from your perspective, how do you leverage uh, that idea of diversity when you're looking at investment decisions? No, that's a that's a a really good question and, and something that that we um, that we address every day. You know, today, people want uh, they want a bunch of diver- they want diversity in thought and to build bring these great technologies to to bear for a global audience. You really need diverse perspectives and and bring in bring in uh, a bunch of differing views and different experiences, life experience together to bring forth the best companies and the best products for the broadest audience. And um, we're able to do that and we're able to access uh, networks and people and, and, and experiences that, um, that vary wildly. 
And we think that mm -hmm. the next generation of founders and technology and companies are going to come from non-traditional areas. And we'll be there to capture them with the, with our team that is um, incredibly diverse. And So the company is called Space Perspective. And as we uh, start to wrap up our conversation here, I want to ask something personal of both of you, because astronauts talk about this idea of seeing the Earth from space as a transformative experience. Jane, you alluded to that earlier in this conversation. The company is called Space Perspective. What are both of you personally expecting or hoping will happen when you have this space-going experience for yourselves? And we'll start with uh, you, Jane. So I have been talking to astronauts my entire adult life about their experiences of going to space and of seeing our incredible planet from that vantage point. You know, some people call it the overview effect. We have coined the space perspective, which really does Great. give people this incredible, visceral experience of realizing that we are a single human family that inhabits a spaceship that we call planet Earth, and we're hurtling through space together. And this is all we have. This is our home. This is where all history happened. So it actually changes astronauts. They tend to get more involved in solving our planetary pro uh, issues, our problems, environmental, social uh, challenges when they return from space compared to before they left for space. So it actually changes behavior. So when I go, I've been looking at these pictures all my life, and I'm inspired by pictures of seeing Earth in space. But I know from experience, from being in the biosphere, from being out at sea, that there is nothing like seeing it with your own eyes and experiencing it yourself to completely mm -hmm. blow your mind in a way probably you never even imagined. And what that will do for me and my behavior, I guess we'll have to see. Stay tuned for that also. Uh, but I'm expecting it to be uh, a really incredible transformational experience. Absolutely. I, I'm, uh, I'm getting emotional just thinking about it myself from that description. And, and you, Kirby, what's your perspective on the space perspective? Yeah, yeah, I don't know if I can add much more to what Jane said. I expect a similar sensation. I remember going to see the Grand Canyon for the first time and how moving that was and how just how large and, and how vast it seemed and all the, the different aspects that you drive from one point to the next point and you see all these incredible um, vistas from and they're all brand new and i imagine it'll be similar but on a grander scale S sitting at the basically at the top of the earth and looking down uh i you know like you said i get chills just thinking about it and, and talking about it and uh it's it's incredibly fulfilling and i'm you know really honored to be a part of the journey for people to be able to make this journey uh, at, at at scale. So, um, and my, I think what I'm going to get even more from than my own experience is, the, like I said, the experience of the greater community being able to have this experience. You know, we're already we already sold you know 1,600 tickets 
And it, I, what there's probably uh, less than two dozen people that have ever had this experience before, and we're taking that, you know, a few dozen to uh, thousands, and and hopefully it'll be tens of thousands. So, you know, we can really have a, a huge impact on the way humanity behaves. Well, I am super excited to see how this unfolds. I have told uh, people about uh, this concept because I was preparing for this interview, and. Um, I think this is such an exciting thing that once people see other people are actually doing this, I mean, the popularity is going to be enormous. So I'm just going to say now, if you ever need someone to do a test flight, if you're ever doing like a media preview day or anything like that, then uh, you know, let me know. Maybe we'll do another episode of the show from space. And I'd be super excited uh, to do that. Uh, Jane and Kirby, uh, thank you so much for joining us today and bringing the space perspective, perspective and the base ventures perspective to uh, CES Tech Talk. Thank you. All right. Thank you, James. It's been a pleasure. Well, that's our show for now. Until next time or until I get to go to space. But there's always more tech to talk about. So please subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss a moment. You can get even more CES and prepare for Vegas at CES.tech. That's C-E-S dot T-E-C-H. Our show is produced by Nicole Vidovich and Mason Manuel, recorded by Miles Claiborne and edited by Third Spoon. I'm James Kotecki, Talking Tech on CES Tech Talk. <laughs>